Welcome to So You Want to Be a Leader, really a Defy Expectations podcast. I'm Helen Honeyset, and usually I have my co-star Vicky Hampson with me, but today you're just getting the joys of me and our guest by yourself. We're here to explore the highs and lows of leadership today and to help you navigate the complexity of being a leader from every aspect, from the sublime to the wonderfully ridiculous and everything in between. This week's guest is Kerry Ann Powell, who is a globally recognized champion for small and medium-sized businesses. Kerry Ann, welcome. Helen, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. You can find more information about Kerry Ann in the downloads available alongside this podcast. Visit defyexpectations.co.uk for all of that information. So, Kerry-Anne, at Defy, we're passionate about helping startups, scale-ups, and businesses of all size. We spend a lot of our time in the corporate world, and actually most of us have grown up in that corporate environment. How did you become so passionate about the role of SMEs or SMBs in the world today? Helen, you know, I, I often wonder myself, where does all of this passion come from? Just like yourself, I worked for a very, very large NGO at the beginning of my career. And then I went to law school and was a Washington, D.C. attorney, lobbyist, and during the end. And frankly, when I started my business, was focused primarily on NGOs around strategy and, and revenue development and so forth. It has been over the years that one, just by circumstance, I happen to have gotten some folks that knew me from former days and were like, hey, Carrie Ann, can you work with my business on this? And then a part of it was just as I evolved and as I began to understand the importance of businesses, then I began to lean more towards for-profit corporations and those that are in the SMB, SME size. But as I was thinking about how passionate I am about this topic and this particular segment of industry and of business, I realized that it really did come from very young. So as I was growing up, my father's friends were primarily men because there was a time when women weren't as prominent in business as they are now, which I think we should be excited about that they are more prominent. But my father's friends were primarily all business owners of some very pillar businesses in our community. And I would watch them as they would be the ones that are leading community charges in our, in our community. So if there were projects that needed to happen, they were the ones raising their hand and stepping up and saying, yeah, we're going to do that. And we're also going to donate. They were the ones who, when there was a problem with our church steeple, they were the ones stepping in and saying, we're going to be the ones to, to fix. When I started looking around, as I saw leaders in our community, whether it was through elected officials or whether it was through community volunteers that were leading boards of directors, they were the ones who were doing that. They were leaders of small and medium-sized businesses. And I began to really equate the importance that they served in just our local communities and obviously now, as I have been in this business for a bit, you began to extrapolate that. But I think it came from very young. And then when I was in junior high school, it's sort of nerdy to say, but I was the president of the Future Business Leaders Association. <laughs> 
And I loved that role. I just thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. Really, the truth, when I think back, all I were doing was learning how to type and maybe, you know, accounting. But the point was, you know, we did a couple of bake sales. But the point was, though, I really, from a very young age, thought that business was important, that it had a role to play that was noble in our world, and also that the role of leaders of small and medium-sized businesses have an important role to play as well. I love that word noble because there is so much bad press given to big corporates in the world. Yes. You know, you think of some of the disasters that have happened with BP. You think of the lack of tax of Starbucks are paying or Amazon is paying in certain regions. And noble is just not the word that comes to mind when we really think about business. But what you've also spoken about is that role of small businesses in the community. And that act is noble of actually giving back, giving forward. Defy our only value is pay it forward. Exactly, Helen. And that's what I think small businesses do. Yes. So you call yourself a small business champion. (laughs) What does that look like? And what made you realize that you would... You weren't just a small business owner and manager and leader yourself. You're actually a champion. Yeah, it seems a bit cheesy, the word, but I really do feel that I am a champion of small and mid-sized businesses. One, because obviously I work in my business. Those are the clients that I serve. And I think the fact that I spend a lot of time speaking with owners on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis, I'm seeing what they're doing in their businesses. I'm recognizing the challenges they're facing. I recognize what their values and their missions are and how they want to impact the world by the service or the product that they provide. I began to really even more solidify. It was no longer this idea as a child as to what I thought business was, but I'm in it every day working with people and the ups and the downs, Helen, because I think a lot of times you know, folks see the ups and they're like, oh, wow, you know, I want to be like that. But the ups and the downs, the times when people are crying on the phone because they're concerned that they may need to let go members of their team because they're worried about hitting payroll. You know, these are the real things around owning a business. And now when I'm walking hand in hand and journeying with them and providing guidance, they're the true heroes in the work that I do. So in the end, as I began to not just expand the work I do, but also how I see them playing out in other parts of our nation's economies, our world economy, how the role that they're playing. It made me realize that I actually am a champion and will continue to be until we are able to recognize the importance and provide the resources and the tools that owners can use to be able to expand the work that they're doing. Now, you and I have most probably got, trying to put it politely, quite a lot of experience. We have had our careers, we've gone through the ropes, and then we've moved into starting a small business. But a lot of the younger generation that I'm talking to now, they want to start there. What are the skills that you think younger entrepreneurs, younger business owners or starters could really focus on on gaining or what's the experience or how would you advise a young client to go and set up a business? 
Yeah, you know, I it's so funny. There is definitely sort of a generational shift and I'm all for it, by the way. And so I, one of the first things that I take, there's some fundamental, fundamental things that I take businesses through as I audit. When someone comes and says, hey, you know, I'm having a, a problem where I can't scale the business or, hey, I'm having a cash flow issue or whatever. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, they jump right in and say, well, this must be a sales issue or whatever. I'm, I'm not, that's not how I operate. I go straight to some fundamental things. What is the purpose, the life purpose, mission, and vision of the individual starting this business? And then how does the business that you have in mind align to that life purpose, mission, and vision? If one cannot really articulate what they're about now, of course, when you're talking about young people, that might change. Their purpose, mission, vision might shift a bit as they get older, as they see the world. However, they're, you know, don't, don't count them out. They have a, they have a, a deep down vision of how they want their life to be. And it's not just, just about, oh, I want to have several cars, you know, it really. And so the question on the table really is, how can you invite a young entrepreneur to be able to then see, okay, based on how I want my life to be, the impact I want to make on the world, how does my business idea align with such then you really are moving towards a good, solid foundational business. Because yes, if you're hiring a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, it's not really necessary, although I will say that you you know they need to have a mission, vision, and purpose and be able to align it with, at least somehow with the business that they're going to be leading. But it's not as important as it is when you're talking to an SMB, SME, because they are in it all day long. So I think it's first sort of sit down and as a young person sort of say, what, what am I about? What is my, you know, maybe the word mission, vision, purpose sounds a bit too heavy or maybe a bit too mushy, but maybe the question can be, what am I about deep down inside? And then how does business that I'm crafting align with how I see myself? Once a young person kind of comes with that, then we can start talking about, okay, now you have an idea. Let's start talking about, is there really a need for it? How are you formulating the particular product or service? And can you test it out? Those types of sort of more fundamental things. But in the end, I really go back to basics. What are you about and how does this business align with that? And I suppose that also helps motivate them intrinsically. Yeah. Yeah. Starting a small business and growing it is not a nine to five job. Not at all. <laughs> it doesn't come with a 401k. So oh, exactly. <laughs> balancing exactly. And, and aligning those things are incredibly important. One of the things we've had a, a number of our guests talk about on our podcast is actually that self-awareness, understanding who you are. And that's very much what you're saying here. If you don't understand what makes you tick, how can you then support and help and grow a business that's going to allow your customers to do the same as well? Helen, that is the question. Yeah. And, and a lot of us, even folks who've been in the game for a bit, haven't really done that work because many folks, particularly if you're coming out of corporate, you have some skill sets that you have been able to leverage in your career. And so you're coming out, you're saying, okay, I'm going to put a shingle up because I have this particular skill set. And so let's go with it. But never is there a pause to say, what am I about and what do I want life to look like for myself moving forward? 
And I think that question is, is the pinnacle question for basically all things we do in life, but for sure business. Yeah, we're still at the beginning of this year. And actually, I'm going to spend a bit of time this weekend asking myself that question. Because <laughs> I think in reality, it changes depending on the day of the week sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like right now, I'm about sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, I'm about trying not to turn my hair out as I understand the amount of homework we've got to do this weekend. All those sort of joyous things. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But to that point, it changes slightly over time. But that is one of the actual, I guess, litmus tests that one can use to determine if the answer really does have have weight. Is if you ask yourself that question today and it feels like, it's a question if you had asked 10 years ago, it probably would have been quite similar. And if you ask yourself that question you know, a year, two years, five years, 10 years down the road, and it still feels very true, then that's where you're sort of hitting bedrock. We all change because we grow. So there's going to be things about our lives and our preferences and things that we want to explore that changes over time. But there are some fundamental things that are very core to who we are and how we see ourselves in the world that I think are a bit more solid and they don't change quite as much. And I think helping young people identify those core things, even though obviously that's a stage of life that things change much faster than say when you're a bit older, allows them to feel the gravitas of their own lives. I love that phrase, gravitas of their own lives, because we sort of think that that comes with age and wrinkles. Yeah. But actually, if we step back and go, we're all unique individuals, there's only one of each of us in the 8 billion people on this planet, then understanding that criticality of what we're about really does help us understand what makes us and our skills and our offerings and everything we've got to give unique to those around us. Yeah. Great yeah. question. Thank and, you. And I think with, with all of us, but definitely for young people, I think there's a sense of, well, I'm growing, I'm learning. So who I am today isn't really as as important. Not not important, but it doesn't have the the weight. And uh, I think the more we encourage people to recognize the importance and the weight and the heft of their existence, I think the more you see all of the talents shine and all people bringing forth all their gifts and all of that stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about reminding owners of small and medium business of the actual weight and the, that they have as it relates to their local economies, their national economies, the global economies, the importance that they have in terms of their taxes that they pay that provide infrastructure, all of those types of things. Because the more they recognize, wait a minute, oh, you know, not only does my business provide services and products to my customers. They also income to my vendors and then my vendor staff and my vendor staff's family and then not my employees and my employees' families and then the things that they are invested in and, you know, community services or families that they're investing in or whatever things that they do, their stuff. So it, you begin to see the tentacles shift go so far. And once an owner recognizes that, they hold their head up a bit higher their shoulders go back a bit. And then they kind of look at the problems they're facing their business with a bit more resolve. It's like, yeah, you're 
you're kind of at a really low point right now in the business and there's some things you must be doing. This is not a, I wish I could do this thing. This is a, you must do this or else all of these people and entities are relying on you to do this. There's a certain amount of like, okay, yeah. All right, let's get, let's get it done. Let's roll the sleeves up. Let's get it done. Because there are some really high moments in running a business and I love those moments, but there are some moments that stretch us and <laughs> requires a bit of, okay, why am I doing this? And the why obviously has to be each individual person's why. But when you begin to realize the weight of what you're doing, you realize, oh, wait, it's not just about me. I think as a founder, you know, defy expectations falls into that small, medium yeah. enterprise business size. And as a founder and the CEO of it, you're right. There are some great highs, but in the corporate world, there's learning development programs that are designed to make you push yourself to grow. Actually, it's some of those tougher times in an SME and running a small business that allow you to do just that. And they accelerate your growth and your learning and your understanding far more than any great training or coaching program would. Unbelievably so. <laughs> but, you know, as both of us as small business owners, you know, we understand that pressure, that day-to-day -day expectation, the to-do list, all of the things that need to get done from running the payroll and the taxes and the admin all the way through to selling, all the way through to designing your marketing and brand and everything in between. Yeah. How can you work through that pressure and start running a thriving business that doesn't feel chaotic or stressful? Yeah. You know, Helen, that's such a good question. And it's something that I really hone in on because there is this, I don't know if you've noticed this, but even in the entrepreneurial world and in the world, it's this idea of rough it out, tough it out, you know, <laughs> this weird that thing. Hustle culture type stuff. Hustle culture. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people feel like it's like a rites of passage or something that if you're always in this state of chaos, then that's what entrepreneurship looks like. And uh, I'm about smashing that idea completely. Um, I think it starts from the fundamental things we talked about earlier, and then it builds upon that. So there is the, how are you leading and how is your team operating? And I consider those two things, the yin and the yang. It's not like it's, how are you leading? And then here's another section, how's your team performing or operating? It's how are you leading? And on the flip side of that coin is, how's your team operating? Because you can always tell a bit about how a team is operating based on leadership. I call it inspired leadership. And I think under that inspired leadership section of, of how I see the world or see small business operating is there's three components. There's how are you leading yourself? How are you leading your team? And how are you leading your organization, your company, the business itself as an entity outside of you? So when we start looking, if someone is not being able to lead themselves, there's no way you can expect them to lead their team very well and for sure not lead an organization very well. There's some internal leadership tools that we all must be implementing in our lives. Obviously, it's not a either or, but it definitely is a and, and, you know, <laughs> it's an and. And so observing that part of your leadership. So which then on the flip side, 
How is your team performing? You can't first start, well, I can't delegate because when I delegate, they're not doing what I tell them to do. So I can't run the business smoothly. That's sort of the the general mantra you hear for folks that are not self-aware. And I often say, okay, let's, let's take a look at this. First of all, as you built the organization, this is about leadership of the organization. What is the organizational chart looking like? Because sometimes I've noticed folks, you know, start a business and they just kind of like, it's almost like you're adding on a staff person here and there when the need arises. It's, it's never any real thought through process of, was there an org chart that was created the beginning that, okay, okay, based on my business, say you project five years out, these are the roles I'm going to need to be filling in the next five years. Obviously, when everyone's starting out, the owner is the one that's in every box of that org chart, right? But as, as time progresses, you are building out that role in a way so that you can then hire someone to fill that role after you know what that role is, meaning what are the actual activities that take place in that role? What are the systems that are used to make sure that role works? What are the tools that are necessary? What are the you know, operating procedures that exist? So that when you bring someone on to replace you in that role, it is clear that that person was hired for that role, that person's experience, qualifications were for that role, not because it's auntie so-and-so's best friend's cousin and you thought you were going to bring them in because they're good at social media. You know, it's like you actually created a role, you worked the role, you know what the role requires, a type of person, and you hired someone for that role and then you move to the next role. And so if you built your organization in a way where people are sitting in wrong roles, they actually, you built a role. It's more like developing a, an organizational chart based on personalities as opposed to based on the actual role that's necessary. It is going to be very difficult for your team to be able to function at optimum level and for you to be able to definitely run your business smoothly. And that means then that you're not leading well. So those two things together are really core things after you pay attention to the fundamental stuff around, you know, business plan, exit plan, those kinds of things. I think that's really it. Starting from there, if someone's having a problem there, just start there. Looking at, and, and again, you know, it's not to make people feel badly if they didn't do an org chart at the beginning and now it's a hot mess. They can kind of start where they are. So basically doing an audit of their company, if they ignore their current org chart or who their people are, what roles they play, looking at their business and literally just do an audit and say, if I was coming into this business as a new person, what are some of the roles that I really do need to have? Build the org chart accordingly. Ignore the team. Ignore everything. Build the org chart accordingly. Rewrite the job descriptions. Rewrite the roles. And then look at your current team and assess and do the audit there. Who would be best for this role? Not because they currently have it. They've been doing it for 10 years and blah, 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 blah. But who would be best for this role? And if you can't move people around and keep your current team, you may need to hire some more people. You may need to reorganize and you may need to let some folks go depending upon how bad things are. But in the end, the real 
the real way to be able to run, run an organization smoothly, the sort of fundamental things are your leadership and your team. And we can stop there. I mean, there are many other layers up you can go, but just there alone can clean some stuff up. <laughs> and I love that concept of having to lead yourself first. You know, we come back to that again and again. If there's yes. no control or awareness here, how can you communicate clearly and effectively to yes. people? Yeah. Yes. So just getting that structure and sense in. But you touched on it a bit that you may need to move people around or you may need to let people go. 2023, the predictions aren't great that this is going to be a calm and bountiful year. It looks as though there's going to be quite a lot of stress for everybody. And I think that's going to be felt at all sizes of organizations. Definitely as owners, sometimes I think we feel as though if we don't have control of everything, if we don't know what's going on, the house of cards is going to collapse or things will implode. So quite often when I speak to other small business owners, they sort of talk about, you know, all vacation. Oh, yeah, that was a thing I had in the past or being truly able to step away from your business, recharge and stop. Is not a luxury they feel as though they can give themselves permission to have. Yeah. How do you work with your clients to actually let them know that it's OK and it's going to be OK? Yeah. And they can have the respite they need. You know, Helen, it's it's such an important topic and and it's a very difficult thing to get people to to do. It's like if someone has a fear of heights, well, I have a fear of heights, but I love testing that. So I'll stand on the cliff if I'm going to jump into the water. I'll stand on the cliff and I'll be there for like 10 minutes doing the rock, rocking back and forth. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But it takes me a while to get there. And I just sort of recognize that that's a thing and don't want to minimize that fear, not minimize that concern. People have a lot of time, blood, sweat, and tears, money time away from their families, invested in their businesses. And the idea of walking away if they feel like there's nothing there to hold it is a real concern. And so I don't want to at all sound like I minimize that. At the same time, we are not machines. We're just not machines. And you may think that you're operating at the same peak level that you were <laughs> the last time you had a vacation, say 10 years ago. So you're not, I think it was in the seven habits of highly effective people that was written a number of years ago. I think I might've heard a, an interview or just read it in the book, but this is the story of this guy. He's chopping down a tree with an ax and he's just chopping on that tree, chopping on that tree, tree down one foot, another, another, the tree, but the ax is getting dull. And so it's taking more energy, more time. Someone walks over to him. He's like, why don't you sharpen the ax? Oh, I don't have time, dum-dum. I got to keep chopping down this tree, right? So it's taking longer to do what you could do if you don't rejuvenate and refresh. So it's not really a question of if, it, it, it is a question of when you must do it. How do you do it without feeling like it's going to implode? First off, goes back to the conversation around leadership. How do we arrange your team in a way that allows for you to be able to have the necessary people in the proper seats doing the right, doing the things that they should be doing, making sure you have systems and operating procedures already in place so that what you are managing really is you're managing the system. You're not managing the people. 
once you do the first leg of getting people in place, then it's really about the system. So there's a little section between the people and the systems. That is what I call the strategy. So oftentimes people are doing things in the business and they have no idea, Helen, why. Every day someone's doing a thing and they're just moving one little thing over to another and they don't know why they're doing it. But if they can feel connected to the broader strategy of the business, the objective of the business, then people are like, oh, what I'm doing right now, even though this may feel benign or inconsequential, it's connected to this dot, which is connected to that dot, which is connected to the bigger picture. And when people feel like they're working for a mission that's bigger than themselves, you would be surprised what people are willing to do. You would be so shocked at what people are willing to do when they are connected to a bigger, bigger mission. So the leader, the business owner's responsibility is to not just make sure people are in the right seats, it's important, but that they have a very clear strategic objective and everyone knows what they're moving towards. What is the North Star? So everything that they're doing is connected to that. So that if you walk away and so-and-so is supposed to make sure that customers are delighted and so-and-so is supposed to make sure that vendors get paid and so-and-so is supposed to make sure that this particular thing happens. They're all building from looking at the, the North Star. So they are committed to that if you're leading well. So therefore you can step away and know that what you've done, you've done the hard work so you can believe in the people that you're leaving behind. I've met so many fantastic business owners that have been doing the slog and they haven't stepped away, whatever. So they don't really know if what they've been building all these years can hold without them. So they've never tested it, right? But if they test it and they walk away and they're like, oh, well, I didn't get a, I didn't get an email, a phone call when I was gone. The place didn't burn down. <laughs> I guess I have an actual business <laughs> that's outside of me. <laughs> and do you know how liberating that can be, Helen? <laughs> I mean, it really can be so liberating. And once you feel that, you recognize, oh, I have built an entity outside of myself then the wheels start turning. You could build another one just like that, right? Or you could sell this one if you wanted to because it doesn't rely on you. Yeah. It's an entity outside yourself. And being able to sit on a beach with some coconut water with a nice little umbrella, that revives you. <laughs> yeah. So you said a couple of things there around the mission being big themselves. That also requires you to find people in your business who are equally as passionate as you are. And if yes. you're not feeling as though you're carrying the burden of that passion and that actually it's a shared, then you know things are going to get picked up so you can take that time to step back. Yeah. But also That's why I call it inspired leadership yeah. because yes, you do want to bring people on board who are passionate as you are. But the thing is who you want to bring on board are people who are self-motivated individuals. Self-motivated individuals if you then inspire them, they'll run with it. You, then you have to actually be like, stop, <laughs> come back, my child, because <laughs> they're going to run with it if you are leading well. So if you hire well, 
meaning you're hiring self-motivated individuals, not people who are just like, well, I'm here to get a paycheck and blah, blah, blah. Particularly what small businesses need are people who are self-motivated. They don't look at work as just work. They look at work as a part of expressing their own creativity. And once you have those people, then it's your job to inspire them with a vision that is bigger than themselves and that they feel connected to it. So that's why when I talk about the yin and the yang, it's it's like a it's the same coin. Having a strong team, a rock star team, and having an inspired leader is one coin. It's just different sides. And I suppose that being able to step away is also that litmus test of when you can scale. Exactly. You know, I know from having watched businesses who have scaled too quickly mm-hmm. and they still are reliant on an individual or a very small cohort of people. Hell and speak it. Yeah, that's where the problem is. But mm-hmm. if you can go, right, I'm going two weeks on a beach holiday. I'll see you guys in a fortnight mm-hmm. and come back and everything's still standing. That's where you can go. Actually, now it's time for me to change my role. Yes. I'm no longer the business owner. I am now the visionist. I'm now building the strategy. I'm now looking the business grower. So it's a really interesting and great test on that one. It's a great test. It really is. And again, I'm not at all saying it's easy, but I'm encouraging owners to do it. It's not easy, but also what you've said And the advantages and the benefits that you've articulated, which I've not actually heard put in such a beautiful, these are all the things that it allows you to do. People just talk about it. You need to relax. You need to recharge. You need to get your creativity, your energy back. Yeah, that's all great. But at some point I know that's going to go again. Mm -hmm. But actually, if you're telling me a two-week holiday is allowing me to realize when my business is ready to scale or sell. Yeah. That's a really different motivator as well for small business owners. Isn't it fascinating? And that goes back to the idea of, I think one of the challenges that it's almost like we're we're kicking ourselves in in the foot, right? One of the reasons why I think a lot of owners of of SMBs and SMEs stay small. When I say small, I don't mean just the size. I do mean the size as well, but just stay small in the way they see themselves. Like, oh, I just run a small little thing over here, whatever. But it's because they never test it. So they don't know what they've built. And the walking with the confidence, the head up high, the shoulder back, the walking into a room knowing I've got a business that if I sold it today, I could sell it for multiples. That's a different kind of confidence. It's like a I'm the man, I'm the woman, right? It's a different thing. And you begin to look at yourself differently. You start looking at the business differently and you start really thinking, well, then what else could I do? What other businesses could I create? What else? What else is there? As opposed to, you know, I'm sitting here chopping down the trees, chopping down the trees. It's a different feeling. Yeah. So at Defy, I mean, we're called Defy for a number of reasons, but at Defy Expectations, we do like being a little defiant and a little bit pushing the boundaries and not conforming. We have this question we ask all of our guests. Yeah. Because we started this podcast to start picking the brains of leadership experts to share with younger people. So we ask all of our guests to think about 
What is that defiant pearl of wisdom that you'd pay forward, that you'd share with young people who are thinking about leading today, not necessarily just becoming a small business owner, but just stepping into the world of leadership? Yeah, when you mentioned that question, I was thinking, oh man, there's like, it was like, oh, so many options or things in my head. I love this question so much. And I think we have noticed, and this is not in not necessarily political, but we have noticed that there is a, a lack of true leadership in the world today. And I think oftentimes we are taught from very young to look to leaders, look for the leaders and then to see what the leaders are saying and doing and, and being, and then we kind of react a bit to leaders. And I think for young people, what I want to say is really just be the leader, just be the leader. The folks that are stepping into leadership don't have anything on you. They don't have anything on you. It's the idea of you already have something within you. And so what, and that goes back to the first question, what are you about? Whatever it is you're about, lead in that way. Just be the leader, because if you look around, there are many people that have titles of leadership and are not leaders and are not leading. So you don't have to have a title to lead, just lead. And leadership is one of those things that if you step into it, you do your thing that's about you, always been in full alignment, full alignment, full alignment, but leading in whatever the thing is that you're leading in that's about you that you're about leadership is one of those things just like many things in nature if you feed it it grows so even if you feel like your knees are shaking and they're hitting each other and you're wondering why am I here that feeling of you're in your parents clothes sitting in a room where you don't belong I guarantee you everyone feels that way and you do belong just lead don't look to others to lead, you lead and you will grow into it as you move forward. And any room that you are in, you belong in there. There's not anyone that created a room and said, you don't belong in there. You belong in any room you sit in, therefore just lead and be. Because right now we need leaders and we need people who are about something. So lead. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's, there's no scouts badge. No one's going to go, you've got your leadership credentials. Off right. You go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's no certificate in leadership. <laughs> <laughs> well, scarily there are, but I'm not sure I'd actually want any of them. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. I know. And you know, Helen, if you start looking at history, and that's why I think it's so important for kids to learn history, hmm. because we begin to see patterns. And some of the best leaders in history, the ones who have made the biggest impact in our world in various capacities are the ones who weren't authorized leaders. They were leaders that became leaders because they did a thing because someone needed to do it. And so I think it's so important to ignore your school you didn't go to, whatever job you never had, whatever credential you never got. All of that is for nothing. What's more important is just deciding to lead and lead.
and give yourself your permission just to go out and do it yeah, yeah. fantastic Thank you so much, Carrie Ann. It's been fascinating and really inspirational. And I've learned a lot. That's why I love doing these. I've learned. Everybody I've spoken to on these podcasts, I always learn from <laughs> It has been such a pleasure to have this conversation. And it's I just love the questions that you've asked because I think they're questions that we as owners don't have a time to really pause and ask ourselves, but they're important to ask. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, if you've been inspired as I have with our amazing guest, Kerry Ann, today, please check back in as we run these chats regularly and we're covering every aspect of the skills leaders will need to develop and evolve to thrive in today's and the future. Do look at our website, defyexpectations.co.uk, because it's packed with tips and inspiration for you on our blog and we look forward to seeing you on our next chat when hopefully Vicky will be back with me in the co-host chair and click that follow button. Mm-hmm.